0: The Hill Country Patriot. He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance.
1: We don't get He's Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a nice fall morning. A little higher humidity this morning. Uh, Just a little bit of that return of uh, the humid, muggy weather we've been having all summer. Thank goodness we never really hit 110. We never had any of those days, so I'm considering it a successful summer very happy to be here in central texas you didn't wake up anywhere else and uh, god bless texas um want to thank first of all i want to thank the Tejas smoke depot for being a sponsor of this program helping me uh helping me stay on the air here and i uh, just want to say thank you to the fine folks there Um, we got some stuff for your calendar. I've got a great program for you today. First of all, uh, we're going to have a a phone call for you to make. I'm going to uncover some secrets. Uh, Well, they're not so secret anymore, but the election integrity bill that we fought so hard for and was finally passed, and now we've got uh, representatives and senators and governor and Everybody patting themselves on the back uh, over this election integrity bill. Um, We've got uh, it is not as good as it looks. There were some some last-second behind-the-scenes gutting of that law. The Republicans knew it was going to happen, knew it happened, voted for it anyway. The governor signed it anyway. So the governor can straighten this out. So I'm going to give you his number and a few other numbers. So... Um, have a pencil and your uh, big chief tablet ready for uh, some phone numbers and names in the second quarter. But right now, let's take a look at the calendar. We had Don Huffines on yesterday, and that was really good. If you didn't get to hear Mr. Huffines, uh, that yesterday's program is up on Spotify, and you can go there and uh, play that um, interview with Mr. Huffines. Um, Thought it was real good, but Mr. Huffines is going to be in uh, the Hill Country next week for about three days. On Tuesday night, he's going to be at the Kendall County uh, Tea Party. And then on Wednesday in the morning, he's going to be at St. Joseph's Hall at 10 o'clock, Wednesday the 6th. That's a week from tomorrow. And uh, then at 4 in the afternoon, he's going to be at Shriner College this is an outstanding opportunity for you to get some young people involved um, in that. Well, it's on a college campus, so what you know what what can be more inviting? So go to Shriner at four o'clock. Take your uh, if you know any uh, college kids, heavens, any seniors in high school or folks like that who would be eligible to vote. This is the time to get them engaged. Um, I remember a few years ago when my uh, nephews or actually my cousins, one of my cousins, couple of my cousins turned 18 and were excited to vote for the first time and uh, was able to uh, guide those young uh, new voters and was real proud. In fact, they were proud. They called me after they had voted and said, Uncle Matt, we went and voted. Thank you so much. And uh, in fact, the dirty little secret came out that their dad, who uh recently passed away but my first cousin their dad uh, he hadn't voted in a while and so we got him out got him acquainted with the uh with the uh, folks in his district so it, it can be done it, it's sometimes as simple as a phone call you know they're a lot of these kids they're looking for guidance now they're not going to tell you that but they are and uh so if you come along and uh, you have the opportunity, the right time and the right place, you can say, look, we're going to have elections next year. You're going to be eligible to vote. Can I sit down and talk to you about that? All right, there's there's the perfect opportunity right now and to get them engaged. And so that is um, invite them to the uh, Shriner, at 4 o'clock on Wednesday the 6th, uh, to hear one of the candidates, Don Huffine's, For governor of the state of texas all right also saturday the 9th of october the lano tea party is having their fundraiser that ought to be fun um and then on sunday the 17th going on down into your calendar the border awareness rally in kerrville border invasion awareness rally I need to put that word invasion in there. We are all aware that a border does exist, well, theoretically anyway. So uh, the name of this uh, event is the Border Invasion Awareness Rally, and they're going to have some good folks on that, and so we're looking forward uh, to visiting with them. I may try to get uh, Sheena. Hey, Sheena, if you're listening out there, I'm going to call you later today. We need to get you on the program tomorrow tomorrow. And see if we can't um, talk about your rally this past weekend. Uh, the rally uh, in um, actually made uh, Breitbart news. Uh, Breitbart has a lot of people down on the border. And so the rally in McAllen this uh, last week was um, reported on uh, in Breitbart. And so there's some details at Breitbart.com if you'll go to the Oh, the tab that says uh, World, and then go down that tab, and it says Border Cartel Chronicles, and there is your probably as good of as any source for the up-to-the-minute reporting on what's happening at the border. So they uh, and also covered that rally. How cool is that? So the Border Invasion Awareness Rally, uh, sunday the 17th and we'll get you all the details as we get closer let's see um pull up a, uh, a ben franklin here um here we go here's one of his work hard and you'll get you'll get by uh, um, uh proverbs here we go industry perseverance and frugality make fortune yield industry perseverance and frugality that's hard work stick with it and uh be cheap make fortune yield y'all stay tuned folks we'll be right back Right, we are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. Uh, you got your uh, Big Chief tablet out and a pencil. We're going to write down some numbers here towards this. Uh, before I get to this article on uh, how we got the wool pulled over our eyes on election integrity bill, um, just a, a short little, yeah, I just can't help it. I can't help it. You know, school board officials, you know, you've been seeing, hearing stories all over the state. We've got school boards that won't even let you in if you're not maxed and uh, vaxxed and triple masked and, and, and uh, you know, all of that. Got your badge on. And so, and they're forcing your kids to wear masks all days and the teachers are freaking out. So, um, over this last weekend, um, the uh, there was a gathering of uh, Texas Association of School Administrators and the Texas Association of School Boards, their annual conference, all right? It ran for 24th through the 26th, and uh, there is picture after picture after picture of these members of school boards from across the state, um, not a one of them wearing a mask. They're wandering the halls. They're talking to each other. This article on the Texas scorecard probably has, oh, I'm trying to look at, probably maybe has 15 pictures, just picture after picture of school board members, uh, school, uh, uh, yeah, administrators all walking around, meeting in rooms without their masks on, and uh, yeah, that's right there. So the uh, Hypocrisy Conference 2021, that's your people in charge of your school. So listen, if they are, if your school district is having mask mandates or going through any of that, please uh, reach out and ask them if they attended this conference. All right, there we go, beyond the hypocrisy. All right, election integrity was the big deal all year, right? This last legislative session, it was a real big deal, and uh, it has been on the Republican Party priorities for several uh, sessions now and has never been addressed which you know i'm gonna bury my tongue deeply in my cheek i just don't understand it because aren't the republicans in charge all right never mind we'll come back i'm taking my tongue out of my cheek so we fought this it's got a history we're all familiar with it uh, came up during the regular session And uh, everybody knew that the Democrats were going to flee the state, that the Democrats were going to fight this, just yet they were going to fight it. I mean, everybody knew that. That was from the get-go. In fact, even as we got closer to hearing, it was even known by House leadership that the Democrats would physically walk out they knew this. This was prearranged. It was known by the Speaker of the House. And so rather than for you could have held them hostage uh, in, in a manner of speaking if we had not voted on the budget till the last item. All right. The, 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 the Texas Democrats were definitely going to vote on the budget without a doubt. All right. They were going to have to do that. And so all other votes should have taken place before that, especially knowing, knowing full well the Democrats were going to behave the way they did on the election integrity bill. What you do is you hear that bill before you hear the budget. Everybody knew that that was the smart thing to do, except, of course, your Republican leadership. All right? So what happens in the regular session? they voted on the budget and then with a couple of days left in the session they bring up the election integrity bill and oh my goodness shocker of shocks no one saw it coming except for everyone right dade phelan knew it was going to happen he's got control of the house he knew it was going to happen and yet um he went on ahead and put it in that order and then uh Golly, good golly, good Lord Almighty! They the Democrats left. I'm shocked. What a surprise! They left. So then they stayed away during the first special session. Came back during the second special session. Managed to pull off the election integrity bill. And uh, there was some fights along the way. Our biggest concern, or one of my one of my biggest concerns, was how are they going to treat poll watchers? Because poll watchers have uh, been treated horribly um, in some places, and I know that because firsthand, that's not a story I read or a story someone told me, but I was firsthand in the basement, in the counting rooms over at uh, Gillespie County, and uh, firsthand experienced the horrible treatment of poll watchers in that election. And so we were very excited that there was some language in there that would protect poll watchers, and we got behind that, and we did get that if you kick out a poll watcher illegally, that becomes a some kind of second-degree felony or something like that. They wanted to make it a misdemeanor, and uh, it actually was changed a misdemeanor for a while, and then uh, with enough grassroots pushback... Um, that came back in as a, uh, a felony. I don't know what kind, but it came back in as a felony, and so poll watchers have a little protection. So everybody was excited about that. They we got uh, uh, re- we got regular election hours across the state. Nobody can have 24 hour voting. Nobody can have drive by voting, and uh, no voter harvesting. And so we came up with all these uh, new rules and regulations. For the election, and everybody slapped themselves on the back, um, including the authors. Andy Murr, of course, uh, was author of one of the bills and then became in as sponsor for the Senate bill, if I remember correctly. Man, this is great. We got election integrity. Well, what you didn't know was at the very last second, and this story broke about a week ago, and I've been looking at it, or about four days ago. And I've been looking at it, not quite sure what to do with it. And then uh, today I got an email from Joanne Fleming basically saying there is something we can do. So what did they do at the last second? At the very last second, when this was on the House floor, after it had gone through all the processes, at the very last second on the House floor, an amendment was added And I'm going to look up the amendment, and we're going to find out who voted for or against that amendment. But amendment was added that would decrease, listen carefully, it would decrease the penalties for voter fraud. Wait a minute, that can't be right, Mr. Long. That can't be right, because this was all about voter election integrity. We want to punish those people who cheat. We want to make sure cheating doesn't take place again right and so we want to punish those who cheat and uh, so what did they do it was already weak enough as it was they were getting away with cheating and not getting punished and so rather than strengthen the punishments for if you get caught cheating they reduced them yes in fact they reduced them from a felony These were second-degree felonies, all right, ineligible voting, duplicate voting, voting a ballot belonging to another person, uh, fraudulent marking. These were all second-degree felonies, all right? So these were things that already existed. So we wanted to strengthen our election integrity bills, our election integrity laws. This was the bill that was going to do it, created such a fuss and a fight that the Democrats fled the state in fear, and um, yeah, instead of strengthening your voter election integrity, it weakened it. It weakened it. Not only did it reduce the penalty, but there was a funny little word that was added to all of the supposed violations and that word was knowingly right if you knowingly do this knowingly do that just one little simple word so what's your defense when you go to court all right you've already answered that and y'all aren't even lawyers i'm not a lawyer but if you say if the language is knowingly and you're brought in front of a judge all you have to do is say why I didn't know that and how how are they going to know any different I mean they're just not right Uh, how would they know what your mindset was when you committed that crime and so your defense is well I didn't know that so there you go out the door I didn't know that let's say they still get convicted it's now a misdemeanor which you know what it's kind of like two speeding tickets it's it's nothing it's a slap on the wrist now what can be done you can call the governor i have some phone numbers for you to call the governor now last time we did this i said look up your look up your own dadgum phone numbers you need to be learning how to do this but today i'm going to go ahead and uh, give you these phone numbers uh let's see if i can pull them up real quick um here we go. If you want to call the governor. In fact, governor's not the only one you can call. All right, but let's start with the governor. His his phone number between 8 a.m. and 5 P.M. All right. This is the number that will get to you his get you to his office, supposedly from eight to five. You may or may not get a recording there, but uh this is his daytime number, five one two four six three. 2,000. and then there is also a uh, an opinion hotline. This is where you get the uh, chance to record, I believe, a two minute message, and that number is five one two four six three. See, it starts the same as the other one. So, if you wrote the other one down, these two start the same: five one two four six three. 1782. That will get you to the opinion hotline. Five one two four six three one seven eight two. You can also email him. Um, you know, his website's easy to remember. It's gov.texas.gov. That's pretty easy. gov.texas.gov. That'll get you right to Abbott's, um, uh, website and there will be contact information on there. You can also leave him a message at Texans for Abbott, um, Governor Abbott, a hashtag Governor. All of those uh, places to do that. You you can do that. Now, who else can you call? You can call Steve Munisteri. Many of you may know Steve Munisteri. He was the head of the uh, uh, RPT a number of years ago. He is now Abbott's senior policy director. You can uh, get a hold of him at 512-463. See these numbers all start the same. 512-463 and for Stephen Munistieri the last 4 digits are 1830. 1830. So if you were really active a few years ago in the Republican Party of Texas, you may know Steve Munistieri. Call him up. Tell him here's what we need. We need stronger. We need stronger penalties for voter fraud. And they can do that in this special section. You can also call Louis Luis Science again, 512-463, same number, 512-463, and the last digits is 1762, and that will get you to Governor Abbott's chief of staff. And what's your message? First of all, you're upset that the voter fraud penalties were reduced, and you're asking them to add it to this call in the third special session to increase the penalties for voter fraud. This is a big deal. You can do this. I have faith in you. All right? But uh, this happened at the last second. Um, I'm going to let you know who the Republicans were who voted for this. Um, Andy Murr should have been... um, uh, staying on top of this so we'll see where he ends up in the record because he was a sponsor for this bill and uh, so that is all um, yeah in uh, in the lap of Mr. Murr um, not all of it but uh, he he needed to be on top of that and uh, let's see where he was maybe we can find out so there you go call the governor call Steve Monestieri call uh, I believe that's a Mrs. Science that is uh the governor's uh chief of staff and so i um, not too sure on that but i'm yeah i'm kind of positive on that so there you go how confident is that kind of positive is that confident i'm not too sure um anyway i gave you the numbers you can look them up call the governor's office let's get this fixed folks we're going to take a short break and when we get back we're going to be with pastor Greg nationwide
0: Welcome to the program. Great to have you with me. Thanks so much for tuning in. I know you have a choice somewhere where you can listen. Well, it's uh, always exciting to welcome our Hill Country audience, and uh, we welcome you to join us on our uh, program all across America here on Children Generation Radio. Great to be with Matt Long and the Matt Long Show on Hill Country Patriot Radio. Matt, welcome. Good to have you, sir.
1: Always good to be here with you, Pastor Greg. Love our Tuesdays.
0: Me too. Me too. Well, uh, so nurses are uh, are are walking walking off the job basically in uh, in protest against these vaccine mandates, and uh, and and I think it's something we should be kind of scratching our heads and being concerned about. Frontline doctors have been talking about this. America's frontline doctors for quite some time. As a matter of fact, I'll be in Tinley, Illinois, this weekend for a uh, the Trinity Health Freedom Expo. And, uh, and it's really, you know, part of that is gonna be about helping people understand how uh, these injections are, are, are damaging people. Uh, people like Dr. Judy Mikovits will be there. Dr. Sherry Tenpenny will be there. Dr. Brian Hooker will be there. Dr. John Absley, number of others. Matt, what do you what do you make of this? And and uh, you know, shouldn't this? I mean, shouldn't this be kind of a red flag for for those uh, that are that are on the fence about about this injection?
1: Well, you know, I find it real interesting, and I noticed this real early. And in fact, I think most people with half a brain realized that somewhere early in this process is when medically trained people, nurses, doctors, emergency room workers, said that they did not want to get the vaccine. And uh, one case in particular here locally was a young lady who, who wants to have children and is concerned over the vaccine and whether it'll have any effect, because we do not have any long-term studies on uh, what'll happen with uh, you know with women of reproductive age, and so here's a woman who's planning on a family and um, can't get answers on that, and so they're they're having to choose whether to keep their job or take a shot that may or may not keep the kung flu away actually it doesn't keep the kung flu away we've kind of figured that one out and it may or may not damage her ability to have children and these guys are not you know the the media wants to paint us all as a bunch of redneck southern idiots that uh we don't know what we're we're anti-vaxxers and that means that's just because we're stupid but when healthcare officials and healthcare workers people trained and doctors say you know i'm, I'm gonna wait a minute on this. That ought to be a red flag to us all. And then the consequences of that, Pastor Greg.
0: Well, I think the consequences of that are, you know, are, are very much long term. and Well, to a degree, I mean, I believe they are long term. For those individuals that have been negatively impacted, there are, there are thousands and thousands of stories of people who were, perfectly healthy that are now no longer healthy who, you know, who when asked, matter of fact, uh, Joy Villa was on with me yesterday and uh, she was talking to someone in Dublin. Now uh, Dublin is about, I don't know, 85, 90% of the country is, is vaccinated, but she happened to be, you know, in a place where she's having a conversation with someone who I believe she was a nurse and, anyway, she asked the, you know, the person. And of course over there, she also said, they're not doing vaccine passports and so on, but she asked, they got into a conversation about the vaccine. And in that conversation, uh, Joy said, you know, well, are you, you know, what are you telling people, uh, you know, about the vaccine? I'm just curious. And she said, I'm telling people don't get it. Mm-hmm. She said, I was I I'm I'm nineteen years old. I was I was a perfectly healthy young woman and I was very active and I was in athletics and and now I'm I it's it's like I'm ninety years old. I can't I can't I can't hardly move. I, I, I I've had all kinds of health problems ever since I got the vaccine is mm-hmm. what she said. Ever since she got the vaccine. And I happened to see a video uh, a little while back about uh, a, a young lady who was exhibiting um, like epileptic type seizure type stuff. And some of uh, of you uh, listening may have may have seen that it was posted by someone that I was connected to on Facebook. So I sent them a message and I said, hey, you, you know, what 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 what's what's the deal here what's going on and she said um this is someone that's close to our family who took the vaccine perfectly healthy girl and now she has seizures all day long Mm. all day long
1: you know we hear these it's terrible it it, yeah it is and we're hearing these stories and then we're hearing if you watch the the uh, Project Veritas uh, Part 1 video that came out a few weeks ago, by the way, I downloaded that, and it is on a separate hard drive, so when it eventually disappears, I'll still have a copy of it. Um, but the, the thing that uh, I want to argue from the angle, not so much about, I'll leave the arguing whether the vaccine is, is good, bad, uh, effective, not effective, uh, it has side effects I'll leave that argument to others, including yourselves. And what bothers me the most is the personal choice that's being taken away. And if we get back to the hospital situation, I ran across an article yesterday that said that there were three rural Texas um, uh, hospitals um, that were very likely going to shut down. And why were they going to shut down? Brownfield is one of them, by the way, if you live in Brownfield, and the other two, I can't. I couldn't find the article this morning. Imagine that it disappeared. So, um, but the three hospitals that are closing down are all rural hospitals, and they take they take uh, Medicare, Medicaid, and uh, under new regulations, if a hospital or a doctor takes Medicare or Medicaid, then all of their staff and all of their nurses must be a hundred percent. Uh, vaccinated so we've got some of these rural texas hospitals that are not even getting 50 percent vaccination which is fine that's the the choice of those people that's my argument that they should be able to choose they can't keep them on by law and so they have to send these people home one hospital said well the first thing we're going to eliminate is our birthing our pregnancy our we're not gonna. Uh, we're not going to uh, have children born in this hospital. We can't do it anymore. You know how far does the does the pregnant mom need to drive for now to get to the hospital? If our rural hospitals start closing up, where do we go?
0: Well, exactly, exactly. And you know, speaking to that, I had uh, an infection going on in 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 one of my eyes. Uh, and my wife was trying to get me in to see an optometrist, uh, and she did calls and found that down here where we are, you could either go to BAMC or university, but all of the other medical centers in the area had actually canceled their contracts with the ophthalmologists. Wow. There was, yeah, I mean, there was, there, there were limited options in where you could go you know, stop and think about that, folks. I, I don't know what the other areas of specialty may be that, uh, you know, that individuals are, are are not able to get assistance at. Perhaps uh, our listeners can reach out to us. You can reach me at the childrengenerationradio.com website uh, or, you know, get a hold of Matt. But uh, I I think it would be interesting to know that information because obviously we have a lot of people in our audience that, you know, may have uh, a, a, a medical need. I know that when this was a mess not long ago last year, you know, that if you, uh, if you had something other than a quote unquote COVID condition, uh, you weren't even able to get in and get seen. And, and in some parts of the country, they're, they're, they're playing that tune again. It's terrible, Matt.
1: You know and and it's not like this is new rural rural areas have have always had issues with the small hospitals and what they could and could not handle and so you know there's a story i go back about 10 or 12 years ago goodness maybe even longer than that and we were out camping and uh, one of the kids walked into an old campfire and fell over and burned his hands in in the uh, coals of an old campfire and we were near, we were near Lano, and so we immediately put throw the kid in the car, drive over to Lano, get into the hospital, and they go, oh, we can't handle that kind of situation in Lano. So you've got a little kid whose both hands are burned, and uh, we had to get in the car and drive from Lano to the Fredericksburg hospital, um, and and so rural areas already have issues. With with uh, with with hospital care, and this is just going to do them more and more. The uh, Jerry Jasper, who's the CEO of the Brownfield Regional Medical Center, he said that uh, about twenty five percent of his staff is going to have to go away, and he says that losing Medicare and Medicaid money is not an option, and so they're they're going to go down twenty five percent in uh their staff here in a couple of days what's going to happen to the guy who's having a heart attack who gets brought in what's going to happen to you know emergency gallbladder surgery one of our friends had to have emergency gallbladder surgery today where where do these things go pastor greg
0: well you know you make a great point matt you make a great point and and you know there's a lot of doctors that are in, in involved in you know especially in in the hill country because it's it's a retirement community so there's a lot of folks that are on uh, you know Medicare right seniors mm-hmm. that are on Medicare that are getting Medicare benefits and now it's going to be mandatory that any of the facilities that they go to uh, in order to get Medicare payments, their staff are all going to have to be inoculated injected poked um, oh. that uh, you know that is uh, man oh man I, that that is a, a really really challenging situation and and I know that there are a lot of seniors that are listening to the program today that are, you know, strong patriots that are saying, hey, wait a minute. First of all, I don't believe, like you said, that it should be forced on someone. Right. I, I, I didn't live all my life in America and fight for the freedoms that I fought for throughout my lifetime to this day so that, you know, so that the government would force people to get an, an intrusion of some chemical into their bodies. That's that's number one. Uh, and number two, there are those that I think are concerned about, about reactions. Mm. And uh, something else very quickly to throw out here, there's an interview uh, by Dr. Jane Ruby, and I'll try and make sure to get it up on my site. She is someone who has conducted these kinds of tests. This is what she has done in her lifetime. She's an expert in doing this. And she breaks down how they go through the process, how they start out with 10 males and they inject them. Mm -hmm. Then they take the in the second stage, they do a certain number and they use placebo in some and, and Mm -hmm. part of the, of the, of the inoculation in another group and a full inoculation in another group. And she is suggesting based on what she's seeing, that some of the places where they are doing this, they're actually injecting people with a placebo. And that would be the reason why in certain areas you may be having, you know, uh, people who who it's doing absolutely no difference between someone uh, injected and someone not injected. In other areas they're doing the full stuff, that may be where people are having violent reactions right and then in other areas they are doing a partial load and and so it, it, she really it goes into explaining this whole situation but bottom line is in her opinion in her expert opinion they are experimenting on us folks yeah they are experimenting on us bottom line that's Matt, an and, seconds.
1: Go ahead. Yeah, that's a that's a, a a violation of international law passed after World War II. Um, it, it's as it is considered yep. as horrible as torture, and uh, we we yep. figured all that out at the end of World War II. And and uh, there you go, underground hospitals, underground doctors, black market doctors. Are they coming? There you go. We have got to leave it on that. Thirty.
0: There we go. There we go, and that may be uh, that may be where we're headed. All right, folks, I'll be back with more on my side. Matt's coming back after this break.
1: Folks, we are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned um, on a beautiful Tuesday in the Hill Country. And I've already gotten uh, several texts for people who said they've called Abbott's office. See how easy that was? Yeah, how easy that was? All right. Thank you for the folks who just sent me the texts and said uh, just call the governor. Well done. See, it wasn't that hard. How many more could do that right now? Just go ahead. Do I need to give the numbers out? All right. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find the numbers. So while I'm taking a minute to find my numbers, you can you can uh, get your uh, big uh, big chief tablet out and you can um, write these numbers down. And uh, so here it comes up. And are you ready to call Governor Abbott? All of these numbers I'm going to give you. Start with the same area code, and then the same three-number prefix. So all the numbers I'm about to give you start with 512-463. So write that down, 512-463. Now, to get to Governor Abbott's daytime number, it's 2,000. 512-463-2,000. All right, if you want to call his opinion hotline, the last four numbers are 1782. If you want to call his uh, senior policy director, Steve Munasteri, who at one point in time was the head of the RPT, you may have established a relationship. Heck, you may even have his his personal cell phone number from back in the day. All right, but if you want to call his number, it's the same prefix, the same uh, area code, but Steve Munasteri's phone number is one eight three zero one eight three zero uh abbott's chief of staff that number ends in 1762 1762 so there's three phone calls you can make if you want to go on to um the uh, uh the uh but yeah 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 the social media stuff if you want to go on to the social media stuff then do that too go on there it's uh on uh, facebook it's at texans for abbott um, on Twitter. It's at Greg Abbott, TX. Uh, Instagram is at Governor Abbott. So if you're any of those, you know how to search those. If you're into any of those, you know how to find his uh, spot on there. Also, give you the again, I'm going to give you the governor's website because it's one of the few uh, government websites that I can remember because it's so easy. Gov.texas.gov. Gov.texas.gov. It's that easy. That will get you to Governor Abbott's own um, uh, website. And there is a tab that says, I want to share my opinion. All right. So you can do it there. And you don't have to do one of those. You can do all of them. You can call all of those people. All right. There we go. My mom just called and left the uh, governor a message message. You know, this is feeling like the Jerry Lewis telethon here. Um, Oh, look, we just got that call from Champaign, Illinois, another $200. Nope, these are calls to the governor's office in the state of Texas telling him we need that election integrity bill fixed. When we said we wanted stronger election integrity, that meant we wanted stronger punishments for those people who are convicted of 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 election uh, breaking election laws i I mean you can't have an election law that actually weakens the punishment for those who break the law all right now how many republicans are going to be bragging on that you know you know your republicans are going to come around and they're going to brag about the heartbeat bill act right they're going to brag about constitutional carry which when they use the term constitutional carry very politely very politely just say well it's really permitless carry because the rules and regulations on where you're allowed to carry not carry etc etc are still all there and so constitutional carry to be honest with you um would just be anybody any time can carry a gun as long as they're not a felon um and I don't know why we're even adding that as long as they're not a felon but we're I'm not going to get into that argument with you but um yeah, it's not constitutional carry. It's not election integrity. The heartbeat bill, we're already hearing the weaknesses in the heartbeat bill because there is no civil criminal, no civil penalty for it. So what, what are these Republicans in the House and in Texas? Um, they have no respect for their grassroots base. None whatsoever. These uh, priorities, which included election integrity and everything we've been talking about, have been Republican priorities. We finally get a hearing on them, and we're all supposed to celebrate the that the crap pie that they produced. And yet that's what they're going to say. They're going to say, they're going to go out there, be the incumbents are going to say, you got to vote for me. I gave you election integrity. I authored that bill. I sponsored that bill. Right? That's what they're going to be saying to you election integrity oh and we we got the heartbeat bill it's the strongest abortion law in the country yeah but it doesn't have any civil penalties well okay um and uh, no, i'm sorry it doesn't have any criminal penalties so exactly how illegal is it if there's no criminal penalties we can go through the whole list when will republicans in the texas house start being acting like republicans well you might think there's no answer to that but there is the more of us at grassroots level that speak out and 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 literally let your representative know That you are really, you really buy into the Republican Party platform and priorities. You're a Republican. You you really believe that stuff. Why can't the representative follow up on the Republican Party priorities and platform? They have had complete control. The Speaker of the House has complete control they're not doing anything and the only reason they're not is because you and I have not been pushing back hard enough and often enough and to, and as long as they're going to keep giving away what um you know as long as they keep giving away our our rights and, and and doing these things and we keep voting in the incumbents because well you know he's a really nice guy well you know she's a really nice lady and 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 she called me when i was sick well i'm gonna vote for her forever because she called me when i was sick I, i i'm serious i i've heard that before i've heard that before or the one i've been hearing a lot recently well governor abbott he's trying really hard he's doing the best he can under the circumstances no he's not he is not he threw all your constitutional, guaranteed constitutional rights out the window this last year. He's done nothing to protect the border. He's sending a 1,000 down. That's one out of every 20 that he has the ability to send. One out of 20 that he has the ability to send. And he's acting like that's a big deal. He can send 20 times as many people to the border as he has sent. He's got time to do it. He could do it today. All right, but see now since the bridge has been cleared in Del Rio, we're all gonna go to sleep, we're not gonna be we're we're not gonna be paying attention and somehow, some way within a few weeks or within a few months, I guarantee you that Governor Abbott's gonna be taking credit for reducing what happened under that bridge. He's going to be. And yet he didn't do that and um, he put in a kind of like that little Dutch boy putting his finger in the dike. He did, he did, uh, he put his finger in a dike, but that was about it. And, um, he's, uh, should have been guarding that all along. Uh, folks, y'all stay tuned and, uh, Lorraine will be following this and I'll see y'all manana.